This is Uniquely Milwaukee. It's everything you love about community stories, but more in depth. Giving the stories the time and attention they deserve. Changing perspective one episode at a time. I'm your host, Salam Fathayed, and this is Uniquely Milwaukee. Stories that stick with you. Life can be a complex and challenging journey. And for many of us, it's the moments of loss and resilience that shape our path. Today, I sit down with an extraordinary individual who has faced one of life's most profound challenges, the loss of both her parents, each at different points in her life. Her father, when she was 10, and her mother, when she was 27. And it's a story of grief, resilience, and the enduring strength of the human spirit. She also happens to be one of my best friends. Her name is Henna, and this is our conversation. How do we know each other? We have been friends for like 10 years. We met through your sister. Yeah. And yeah, we're besties, I would say. We're besties, I agree. We've been through a lot together. There's been years that we didn't really talk. Not like anything major, but just going through the ripples of life. But I feel like we've reconnected these past few years. And I think a reason for that could be because of your mom, which we'll be talking about later. But I wanted to first know who you are as a kid. I've known you, I would say like probably college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were in college and I was a junior in high school. So I never, I, I don't know who you were as a kid. So like if you can just paint the scene of who was little Henna, yeah. young Henna. Yeah, sometimes I think I forget about my childhood. Like it's hard to remember. But when I sit down and really think about it, I think I was just like this little mature kid, just always with the adults. <laughs> um, didn't really have kids my age. I had fell around my brothers, play sports. Um, sit with my mom, help her like, you know, cook and stuff. I just thought that I just was, I was just a mature kid. Like I just followed whoever to fit in yeah. and vibed and was just really chill and just. And you have, you have a lot of older siblings mm-hmm. and you're the youngest, correct? What's yep. like the age gap? So my oldest sister is 27 years older than me. Yep. And then my, the sibling that's the closest in age to me is six years older than me. Okay. So, which is still a big age. Yeah, it is. So, I I get that maturity level because everyone around you, you're kind of observing. Mm -hmm. So, I guess the first question is is when people, whether it's in your personal life or, you know, even just listening to this, like as a stranger on this podcast, when people say, like, thank you for your vulnerability, you're so brave, you're so resilient, how, how do you feel about those type of reactions? Um, I guess I appreciate them, but I, don't agree with them, probably. In what way? I feel like, you know, I'm not that strong. I'm not that um, that brave. Like, I'm really just existing. I'm just, you know, I'm just going. <laughs> going with Some, it. It's not always the same. Like, I'm not always, you know, going to have, you know, I'm not always going to be able to face it. Some, like, within the same day, I could have, like, a good morning and then just break down on a car ride. Um, yeah. And, you know, as someone that has both parents passed away at a different age, when you have these conversations with people, like what type of like what's the reaction that you feel like is appropriate? Have you had conversations with people where you're like, OK, this feels like a good safe space? Or have you had the flip side where it feels like, oh, I have to like kind of 
unleash my trauma or ex- mm-hmm. over explain myself. Yeah. Like what, you know, just as someone that's maneuvering life with this loss. God. Yeah. I feel like do you, do you have to feel like you have to kind of carry the weight for other people to make them feel comfortable? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it's so natural, but you know, people like, of course they're going to think about their own parents. So it's almost like you don't want to scare them. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to know, um, how it really like feels sometimes. Um, but there's also almost like when someone's like really dealing with it or going through something similar, maybe you want to, you know, make them comfortable. So you, you tell them, you know, things and you are vulnerable and you tell them more because they want to know and they want to be prepared. They don't want to be shocked. Um, but when it's like, you know, somebody random just like making conversation and they, you know, want to know things, it's like I almost don't want to like, I don't want to talk about someone that I love so much only respected to their death. Yeah. Do you feel like that happens sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. It's rare that like, so it's rare for someone to say like, oh, like how were they as a person or your favorite memory or things like that yeah I wonder if it's because it's like I guess I could speak a little bit about myself like a lot of us think it's like if we don't talk about it then we won't like we don't I don't like for example like it's like I don't want to be the one that triggers a response or like brings it up or I don't want to um like what you know what if it's not the right moment or when they speak so it's just like this is why I really wanted to do this month around death because it's so hard to talk about you know that's so true yeah and yeah now that you say that too it's making me think about times where like I wasn't expecting to talk about like for example my mom's desk that's so fresh but it like just like comes up and I'm like oh I didn't mean to do that and then I just start unloading sometimes yeah or I start like being really sentimental like oh my gosh I'm so grateful to have like you know a great group of friends or great family members because of like the loss that I had um so then it ends up becoming about death um and you just end up talking about it. I feel like in our friend group, though, maybe it's you and me. We talk, I feel like we talk about death a little lot, maybe. Yeah. yeah. No, we do. Yeah. Or even like, <laughs> I think our group of friends, even like a little bit of our extended friends, like I feel like everyone's very um, open about talking For about sure. our feelings. Like yeah. we're very like, you know, we, we we talk about our feelings. Like, and I'm so glad that we do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even when it's something, or when the question isn't supposed to be like so deep or whatever, I found myself saying like, "Oh yeah, a hard part was you know losing my mom," and then everybody's got like those like, "Oh my gosh, like did she just say that?" And it happens, but you just like keep going on, like you keep moving. Like, what are you yeah. gonna do? So I guess that leads me to the next question: What helped you grieve? Um, obviously my friends helped me, my family helped me, but a big part of it that I think came internally was like, obviously my friends and family told, told me this, my therapist told me this, but it was me finally accepting that it's okay to talk. Like it's okay to like start crying or say that it's been a tough day. Um, because I was very like closed off. Yeah. Um, It's only been like in the past couple years that I've realized to say, like, to tell a stranger, like, if they notice something's wrong, instead of saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm okay. Like, it's okay to say that, hey, I'm anxious, or 
oh, this reminds me of my mom who passed or um, I'm having a hard time, um, you know, watching this film because it's really hitting home. Like it's so much better to just say it mm-hmm. and just acknowledge it. And it doesn't mean you have to talk about it with them. You can just say like, oh, I'm feeling this way and you could deal with it then or you can deal with it later. And that's been the biggest help to me because I've always been like, oh, I'm OK. And I wasn't OK, obviously. Um, and I just suppressed it and I just kept things to myself. Um, but the biggest thing is just to say, to, to acknowledge that, like, you could just say how you feel and move on. You don't even have to, like, go much deeper. But just, just almost, like, say it out loud. Yeah. Say how you feel out loud and just keep keep it moving. Yeah, and if, if there's a space where you want to continue, then continue. If that's enough, then that's enough. But yeah. I hate that completely. Because I will say, like, you know, we've known each other for, like, a little over 10 years. And there, there was always this, like... Um, guard up with you Mm -hmm. um like you were always like a very sweet person you were like even when I was going through really like like big things with like my relationship and my family like Mm -hmm. you were there a good amount of times but I always felt like oh Hannah never shares anything about her life (laughs) oversharing or I don't know how I actually don't know anything about Hannah's life like outside of our work relationship or friend relationship so to get to this point in our friendship where I feel like I know a lot about you and there is that openness. Like mm-hmm. it just makes me see you as a whole person and vice versa. And it's just, it's yeah. just this beautiful thing about humanity because it makes you feel less alone, but it also like, yeah, it did, like when you're going through things, like when I was depressed the, this mm-hmm. weekend and yeah. like you came <laughs> over, <and laughs> like it makes it feel like, okay, this is the human experience and yeah. it's okay. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what's your dad's name, by the way? Um, Frank. Frank. Yeah, it was actually <laughs> Fahri, but he, he changed it. Um, he had a name really? Changed. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So he changed it to Frank. <laughs> I don't know why that surprised me. I was, yeah. I was expecting an Arab name. Yeah, well, I mean, it's very Arab. Yeah, Fahri. Yeah. Fahri. I don't think I've ever heard of that name. So, you know, the reason why you were the first person I thought of is because both your parents have passed away Mm -hmm. and I wanted to understand what that relationship was like when you have a a parent that passed away when you were young and also as an adult so can you can you just like speak a little bit about your relationship with your dad Um, or what you know of him yeah that's another thing it's like hard like I say it's hard to remember yeah it's a little bit hard to remember but it's um like I don't have bad memories I just have like he was cool. He was more stern, but he was like just like this cool dad. Like, yeah. Um, you know, kept himself. Was a quiet guy, but he was also the guy that like, you know, took me shopping and like bought me everything that you know needed for school. Um, he was just really cool. How how old are you when he passed? I was ten. Ten. Okay. And how do you know how old he was? Um. So he was like 60 or 61, okay. which is, you know, kind of unique. Like my parents are obviously older since, or they were older. I mean, yeah, since one of your age gaps with your sister is 27. So yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm a Frank, took you to school, like would buy you stuff for school and stuff. Then you were 10 years old. That must have been like, I can't even imagine like what, with what you were thinking as a kid. Did you understand the concept of death or was it just like, why is he no longer there? Yeah, I don't think I understood it. Obviously, like, with 
like uh, my parents are so much older than me so that means like my uncles are older and my aunts are older so I was familiar with death because like my and one of my uncles passed away like the, the year before that he did mm. and my mom would always I think it was my mom that would say sometimes like when another man cries about another man's death like he's probably coming soon because he's had that realization that mm. um you know he could be next so I had that in my thought I'm like okay my dad definitely cried about my mom's brother that died the year before but still when it happened totally didn't understand it didn't get it but I didn't really um process it like I I I don't think I understood I even though I like tried to or everyone tried to prepare me or, or explain things I still like couldn't fathom that like he really wasn't there yeah I'm so sorry you went through that I do want to sit in that uh, mindset though of 10 years old Yesterday we watched actually a movie called After Sun, and I didn't realize that it hit you close because she was 11 too when that yeah. happened. Um, you said that you know you just really you kind of understood in a sense of like, oh he cried so something's happening, but it kind of felt probably from what I'm imagining like still like a distance. How did your life change at that age? Um. It changed more in, like, the sense of... <sighs> like, seeing my mom suffer um, because of his death. Um, so, again, I think I still um, didn't, didn't relate his death to my life and how it was changing my life. I only saw it as... Um, it really changed my mom's life. <laughs> Um, so it's hard for me to remember how, how I really felt like about yeah. Seth. I remember how I felt about my mom suffering, but I don't remember um, how I felt. Yeah, that's um, I guess yeah, because you're you're seeing the like the reaction of it in a sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do remember, like, the next day, um, I just remember, like, I, I, again, I really don't remember how I feel, but I remember, like, um, what I did to, like, move forward. So the next morning, you know, I looked at his chair and I saw that it was empty. I'm like, well, that's, like, that was, like, a big thing. I have an image of that. Um, but I also um, told my family that I wanted to go to school. Um, so I went to school. Um, and everybody was like, all the, you know, teachers and principals were coming to comfort me, but like, I still don't, I don't think I remember feeling anything. I was probably just in a shock. Yeah. Understandable. Um, yeah. I just don't, um, I don't really know how I felt about it. Yeah. Do you, you said that you, you know, there was years and un like understandable so that like it took you to process it. Do you recall when it started feeling like the new normal? Um... Or maybe it didn't, like, it'd be a thing, too. Yeah, I, like, sometimes I think back, like, when did I start, like, when did I start, like, feeling like, okay, like, he passed, it's fine, whatever, but I, I don't think I ever thought about it. I really don't think I processed his death until I got, until I was an adult. Yeah. What, what did that look like for you? Um, it was more of, like, a, oh, my God, like, I wish I, like, Maybe if I processed it sooner, I would remember things better. Yeah. 
was it kind of towards um, your your the diagnosis of your mother? Or actually, before that? No, okay. no. I didn't process itself actually until my mom passed. Oh, okay. So after. Yeah. Because okay. um, I was so like in the, you know, my head was so foggy. Like I would only focus on my mom's health. Yeah. So even though I knew she was passing, I still didn't really think about his death. I didn't think about like, oh, now both parents might pa- or might be gone. Um, but it was just after his her death that I started, you know, um, talking about it in like therapy and everything. So it just kind of came out, and I'm glad that it did. But it, yeah. yeah, it was after. So let's talk a little bit about your mom. Do you mind? telling us her name and describing her to us yeah her name was Naha um she was so cute (laughs) and she was super cute like growing up um I think a part of the reason why I never like saw her as being older like an older parent is because we'd always call her Wonder Woman (laughs) she was such a hard worker she was such a like bright funny um, goofy person like um, my sister and I would always joke about like because we can't be taken seriously like you know we laugh at inappropriate things we like you know can't control ourselves our expressions are always on our face when we're trying to contain them and we always say oh we get that from our mom because she was just so goofy like she would just like crack up like you know we'd be, I'd take her or when I was younger she'd go to the doctor and I'd be with her for whatever reason and um, when the doctor would put like um and try to um, hear her heartbeat. Like, she'd just start cracking up because it was just, like, an awkward situation. Like, <laughs> yeah. So she'd just start, I don't know, she's oh, just goofy. Yeah. She's really funny. She loved to cook. That was a big thing. She moved to the U.S. when she was really young. She always said that she grew up, um, or that, you know, the neighbors that she met in um, Michigan, like, raised her. They taught her, you know, more about cooking. They, um, she's She was Palestinian, but those neighbors in Michigan were... Lebanese, so a lot of her um, cooking got in- influenced by those neighbors and those women that kind of helped shape her because she was so young when she mm-hmm. got married and um, started a family. Um, so she got a lot of her strength, I think, from immigrating, from being on her own, um, and for providing for like a big family at a young age. Yeah. Um, this might be a difficult question. I apologize, but um, when you said that, you know, a lot of your bigger memories with your father passing away was seeing how that reflected on your mother mm-hmm. and you, 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 you colored her in such a beautiful way that she's this vibrant, funny woman. And I, I see that with you actually, like the, um, uncomfortable laughter and moments yeah. like that. So I think it's a really beautiful thing that you carry that on. Um, how, how did, how did she change after that passing? Um, she like, um, really suffered with her depression. Um, and it was, I think it was just harder to see someone that was so bright and, like, always had music playing in the mornings and, like, waking up at, like, 4 a.m. to start, you know, making bread and all that and have, like, Fidu's on or, like, whoever. Like, just have, like, a, a house full of um, joy um, turn into her, you know, rolling over on the bed, like, it was a kid, but, you know, asking me to make, like, a pot of coffee so she could try to get up. But her voice was so, like, empty. Like, it was just, I don't know, she was just really, it's just, it was so hard to see a woman like that. Like, like, I know about depression. I've suffered. I've known other people that suffered. But something about her, 
Um, it was just so intense. Like, I don't think I've ever seen depression that intense with anyone that I know. Yeah. Um, so it was hard um, seeing her that way. But I can't remember even, like, when it started getting better. Um, I didn't know what changed. All I can, all I remember about that time period of, like, when I think about, like, how her, his death affected her was her, like, just, like, I feel like she was, like, sinking into the bed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she, she also had to deal with, like, a lot of things afterwards. After she finally, like, was able to, like, get up again, uh, she had to deal with being, like, head of household and, like, um, providing and, like, taking care of us um, as, like, a single mom now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw that affect her, too. Um, so I don't even know if she fully processed, like, how she felt. She just kind of had to kick it in after, like, she finally got up. Yeah, because you have, like, it's a different it's a different world now because you have responsibilities, too. Mm-hmm. And, I, I'm, I mean, I, I deal with depression, and I know how hard that can be just to get up out of bed. And I can imagine that weight of knowing that, not only do you have to take care of yourself, but also your kids. And you said that, you know, you were 10 and your your sibling was 16, 60 years old. Like that's, those are still people Young. like you need yeah. to take care of. So yeah. I understand that completely. Yeah. So you, you've mentioned a little briefly that your mother was diagnosed with cancer. When was that? Um, that was um, like late 2020. And how old were you? I think I was 26. 26. It was a, it was during the pandemic, correct? So that was a different time too because I believe you were one of the only few people that was like with her the whole, the whole thing just because of limited capacity. Yeah, it such. was yeah. yeah. Um COVID made it so much harder actually. Um so yeah, it was that was something that really affected her too is like, you know, they only let one person in with you and like even when you're admitted in the hospital, you can't have visitors and all that. Um so it was just a really tough time and it definitely like heightened my anxiety way way more so even you know I wish you know I could have helped her better I wish I was more calm I wish I wasn't so strict on everything um but I was just so afraid of um you know her weakened immune system with the pandemic going on um so it was just a really hard time like I think even if um even if I were to think about like oh she's gonna get through this or oh she's not it was so clouded by like we got to keep like keep on this track of like staying clean staying safe like wearing a mask trying not to you know go out even though like she was so desperate like to see people it was just I think that was all that was on our minds it was yeah. just like keeping her safe from the from COVID yeah so I you know So you started becoming kind of the sole caretaker of your mother, understandably so. I remember what you and I talked about. This is like kind of just like what you want to give to her, what you want to do. You were like, this is something that I I can do and I want to do. Did that strengthen your relationship to your mom? Did you see her in a different way? Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, we got so much closer, unfortunately, like, and I hate this about myself, but... um, like, I wasn't as close with her for some reason. Like, I just kind of was, like, like before she got sick, um, I don't know. Like, I was just doing my own thing. I was just, you know, we didn't have any fallings out or anything. Like, I would see her, but, like, we just weren't close. Like, and we had never been, like, super close. Like, we were close and loving with it. She's a very loving mom, but she, she was, like, very, like, you know, um, 
you know, you got to stay strong. You got to stay positive, like things like that. So I never like was deep with like my like my emotions. But as she got sick, we got closer, like just by doing things. So, you know, I try to focus on things that she liked doing. Like she loved going to the farmer's market. Um, we would do that every weekend. She loved, like, grocery shopping, even though, like, it was really hard for her, but, like, that was something that she loved, so, you know, we would go and do those things, but during those activities, you know, I'm trying to, you know, not make her feel bad about, like, you know, how she was feeling, or, like, that maybe, you know, she'd apologize for being slow, or for being weak, or, like, can you hold this for me, um, where she used to not be like that, so, you know, I try to distract her and, um, talk about things, like, talk about myself, or talk about, like, her, And I think that's what caused us to get closer because we finally started, like, talking. Right after the break, we continue our conversation and delve into the deeply personal story of Hannah's mother's passing. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the Honor System. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. So I I do vividly remember this time. uh, Because you and I, again, we're we're becoming closer and... um, I remember I got a text message at nighttime. Mm-hmm. If you want to speak in depth, if you want to be as limited as possible, what what was that moment like? When she passed? Yeah. Um, I remember saying, like, oh, is that it? Because um, I knew it was happening that night. You know, I got a call from the doctor. I actually got two calls from the doctor, the, the doctor on shift that night. Um, It was, like, around, like, 10 or 11, the first time he called me, saying, like, you know, um, she's not doing well, but I think, you know, we stabilized her, but I just wanted to update you if if anything changes, because it could change. And then, of course, like, five minutes later, he calls again. And I'm so grateful he did, but um, whole family rushed over. Um, Thankfully, I was with my brother, Jabel. We just, like, sped down to the hospital. (laughs) And it was really tough getting in, even just because of COVID. Like, right. oh, you can't come in. And we're like, please, like, you know, the doctor said we could all come because we knew she was going to pass. Um, but, you know, we get there and um, she still had, like, a breathing treatment on and she was really struggling and, like, she was fighting. And it just was like, oh, my gosh, like, it, like, is she going to die or, like, is there a chance or something? Like, it was just so weird. Like, it wasn't what, what we expected or what I expected, I should say. But finally, yeah. we were like, you know, we can take that off. Like, we knew she was going to pass. We knew it. Um, but, you know, when we when they took off that breathing treatment, um, she, um, she looked so peaceful <laughs> before she even passed. Yeah. But it was still taking time. Um, they gave her morphine. Um um, and that really, you know, calmed her. Um, and then, yeah, she passed. Thank you for sharing that and being, like, I, I truly honestly thank you for being vulnerable and open and honest and 
processing this conversation because it's a very difficult one to have. Because, you know, I feel like also grief brings up so many different things that we didn't really recognize in ourselves. How long has it been? It's been over. It's, it's like been over a year. A yeah. Year, yeah. And it's still and it's every still, time I talk about it, I, I like it's almost like I haven't grieved. Yeah. You know, it always, it it's, still it's a feels continuous so fresh. process, yeah. too. Yeah. Has there been closure? Are you still working on it? Like, where are you at right now? Oh, yeah. I do feel closure with it, yeah. with both of their deaths now. Like, now that I processed my dad's, too, like, it was their time to go at whatever reason. And, like, even though, like, I was hanging on to my mom because, like, I was expecting it, it's still, like, like, I knew it was to come. And it feels right that she's gone. Like, why should she suffer with cancer? Why should she, like, you know... Like, it's, she just seemed so ready to go at that moment when we saw her about to pass. She just looked like she was, like, stepping over almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do feel closure. I feel like that's what, you know, she was ready for with my dad. Like, I just, you know, we just, I just truly believe that, like, it was just written to be at that time. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, and what it's made me, like, learn about myself, I think, is it's definitely, it's in a weird way. I mean, obviously, there's other measures that have helped, but it's helped my anxiety so much, which is a little weird to say. But in the sense of like, you know, I was, you know, before their pa- before my dad's passing, I never thought about it. But after his passing, actually, now I'm remembering. But this is a conversation I remember having with myself is that I was always so afraid of like, oh, when is she going to pass? Because oh, she is older. Or I remember looking at my um, neighbors across the street who are like in their 80s at the time. And I just remember being like, okay, they're living to their 80s. Okay, so she's fine. She's got a lot of years. Like she's like, I don't know how old she was at the time that I was thinking this. I'm like, oh, she has a lot of time left. Yeah, like um, they can do it. So she can. Yeah, so know. she'll like, don't, I don't need to stress about it. But I was very, I was always thinking about like, oh, when is she going to pass? Like when is, like I thought, she, I thought I'd be younger. Um so now, as an adult, after I've, you know, pretty much processed her deaths, like, I don't feel anxious, like, waiting for, like, when, it, when am I going to lose them? This month is all about death, and I thank you so much for, first of all, agreeing to get on this podcast and talking about it. I know it was a very difficult conversation, so, and I, I apologize if my questions were, like, straightforward no they're good um but what's what's your relationship with death now just in general in general it's not a positive thing but it's not so much of a negative thing anymore yeah um and i think that's i think after finally processing the two two huge deaths in my life i just have a different outlook on it because it's changed me as a person it's given me the opportunity to have that experience that human experience that you're talking about i never would have gotten to that point in my life if it wasn't for death so as sad as, as it is as tragic as it can be for some people um or for people that like just don't understand it it really can change the people that are still living yeah. It just gives them more it gives us more more perspective on life like if we don't if we don't have death what's the point of of anything honestly Yeah. Because it would just be so we live forever. We do just mundane things. But just having that that 
thought of death. I think it just adds so much more value to the things we do, the people we meet, and the things that we care about. Yeah. So you mentioned that your mom loved farmers markets and grocery mm-hmm. stores. Now that you um, like are living and honoring them and finding light, mm-hmm. are there anything that you do consciously or subconsciously that you know connects with your mom, connects with your dad? Um, like one thing for sure is, um, jewelry. I never used to wear jewelry, but my mom loved jewelry. She would wear her gold earrings, dangly earrings, like on a casual day, <laughs> bunch of like gold bracelets, rings, all such that. She's a lot of women. I yeah, love it. Yeah, she was such a, she was such an Arab queen and she was, yeah. And I just was never, never a jewelry girl, never wore jewelry. I think I would wear like one necklace as a kid, but then as I got to an adult, like I just wasn't wearing anything, but now, you know, I wear bracelets I wear rings I wear earrings um and at first I think it was subconscious um I think I was like oh like I never used to do this but I was like my mom used to do this and now it's conscious I'm like yeah I'm gonna keep wearing Mm -hmm. the stuff because she used to love to wear jewelry she would tell me to wear jewelry and I just didn't yeah um with my dad again it's hard to remember but he was just like I think I like carry his personality a bit He's really chill. Yeah. Um, he like, he was a Sagittarius. I'm an Aquarius. We're on the same vibe. <laughs> I think we just like, I think I carry him. Get each other. Yeah. yeah I think I just carry, <laughs> you know, just just his personality. Do you have a favorite memory of each that you would like to share, or you can keep it for yourself? Yeah. But if there's something you would like to share, mm, I think so. So. I have a lot of favorite memories of my mom and sometimes they're hard to remember. Like I think everything's like, you know, but the one I'm thinking about right now is because I really need a laugh and like this like cracked me up. We went to breakfast one day. She loved, we loved getting breakfast together. But on one of these days, she was like, sorry, she was like, she ordered a roast beef sandwich and then the, the waiter was like, oh, do you, um, do you want vegetable soup or clam chowder soup? She was like, oh, what's clam chowder or whatever? And she's explaining. She's like, oh, no, no, I'm a vegetarian. And she was so strict about it. Like, I, it has to be vegetable soup. And I was like, mom, you just ordered a roast beef sandwich. And her face was so funny because she was just like, oop, you caught me. And the waiter and I and my mom were just like cracking up. But that was my mom. She's just so goofy. I'm like, mom, that doesn't make sense. Like, Dude, you don't have to I say was, you're a vegetarian. I was the waiter and be so confused. She was, no, the waitress was cracking up. Like, she got it. Because her face also was like, didn't you just say you want to roll through your But, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that memory. Like, it makes me laugh every time because I remember her face expression. She just had that goofy face. Like, yeah. just that smile that's like at the edge the of her mouth. yeah. Yeah, that it's like, you know, you're going to start cracking up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Hi, I'm Kim Shine, Production Manager at Radio Milwaukee. Thank you to our host, Salam Fatayer, Tariq Moody, our Executive Producer, and Brett Kraskowski, who is our Web Editor. Thank you to our marketing team led by Sarah Lahr, our graphics and wonderful logo made by Aaron Bagata. Mallory Wallace is our Community Engagement and Membership Manager, and Dan Reiner and Darren Brewer handle our social media. A big thank you to City Loving members for making Uniquely Milwaukee possible. Tune in next Tuesday for our next episode.